there's two things that will really make you stand out. It's, it's who you know and what you know, right? Who you know as far as your connections go. So I'll give you a little tip like for your listeners, right? If I just came out of your program, you have a really big following. You have, you have a large following on LinkedIn. I'm going to see who your connections are. Yes, exactly. And I'm going to connect with all of those people. I'm going to look at their journey. By now, they've moved up in, in their company. Yeah. And I guarantee if I reached out to them and said, hey, you know, I just finished you know, yeah. this program. How can I get in with your company? Or what advice could you give me to be able to you know, start as a junior analyst or whatever it might be, right? Connect within the connections. That's how you're going to be able to increase your network, increase your awareness. Welcome to the Data Career Podcast, the podcast that helps aspiring data professionals land their next data job. Here's your host, Avery Smith. Hey, Avery from the Data Career Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we have such an awesome treat for you today. I'm really, really excited for you guys to listen to this episode because it's with recruiters, you guys, real life recruiters. We're also in person, so the vibes were immaculate. I learned so much from Bobby and from Katie from HireFit. Like I was just like writing things down. I was like, man, they are saying some truth bombs, some gold nuggets, some things I had no idea about. Like they were really opening the door to the whole world of recruiters and what it's like to talk to a recruiter, work with a recruiter and all sorts of things. So if you're trying to land a job and you're not sure how to work with a recruiter, this is a great episode to listen to. If you're not sure what recruiters do, this is a great episode to listen to. If you're not sure how to reach out to recruiters, this is a great episode to listen to. If you're just looking for a job, honestly, this whole episode is just pure fire. And I'm really just grateful that, that the team at HireFit came onto the podcast. I think we'd like to have them on again, to be honest, because I, I know I didn't have all of my questions answered. Like there were so many things I was really curious about. And so it's really good though. And you're going to leave a lot smarter in your job search after you listen to this episode. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. If you do, please leave us a rating and review. We are the number one data podcast on Spotify, but we are not on Apple. So if you guys could help us on Apple and leave us a rating and review and help us find some more people that might be willing to listen to this podcast, man, it would mean a lot to me because it's a lot of fun doing this podcast. And you guys helping leaving a rating and review helps other people like you find the show, which gets us more views, which gets us more sponsors, all this better guests, all sorts of good things, helps us keep the, the show free. And that's what we'll always do. We'll always keep this show free for everyone listening. We're up to like 85 episodes, I think this is. So we have like 85 hours of like pure breaking the data content that I don't think a whole lot of people, it's available anywhere else. Like I really think this is useful stuff. We're having top tier guests come in. So anyways, if you're available, leave a rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, let's get into the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Data Career Podcast. I am joined today by Team HireFit. We have Katie and Bobby joining us, guys. Welcome to the Data Career Podcast. Hi, thanks. thanks for having us. I'm super excited to have them because I'll actually have them explain what they do a little bit more, but these people are experts in the hiring space. They work with companies on helping people like you get hired, which obviously is very, very important in everything that you guys are doing. And so they're here today to give us a lot of good tips about what you guys can be doing in the job search, what you guys can be doing in interviews, what you guys can be doing in resumes. And hopefully it's a big win-win for you and for them because they want to be working with candidates that are prepared and you want to be a prepared candidate. So guys, once again, thanks, thanks for being here. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Yeah. Bobby, do you mind just introducing what you guys do and what HireFit is? Absolutely. So we started HireFit about almost two years ago now. And we are a recruiting agency, but really what sets us apart is that 
we're a data-driven recruiting agency, uh, which basically means every client that we work with, so the companies that we're working with, we're providing more insights into the hiring process than anyone has ever seen. So we want to basically give them all of the information that they could ever want in order to make the right hiring decision. I love that. And that's, you, you, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's one thing I noticed on your guys' website is it says data-driven hiring. And I don't think I've ever seen that before. What is like, what is the data-driven aspect? of it? So to refer back to kind of your typical recruiting agency model, usually what will happen is a company will say, okay, I need a data analyst, right? Or I need a data engineer. Well, usually what will happen is you don't see a whole lot that happens on the back end. The recruiting agency will go out and they'll, they'll source, they'll talk to candidates and who knows, they might talk to two people, they might talk to 200, right? But you as a client, you have no idea yeah, what yeah. exactly happens until you see resumes, right? So maybe a week or so later, you get some resumes and you're like, okay, they might work, they might not. Let me see more, let me see less. Like, There's just a lot that happens behind the scenes. What we wanted to do was basically pull up the hood or you know, show what's behind the curtains and say, look, in order to fill this position for you, in order to find that data analyst that you're looking for, it's going to take us you know, 100 reach outs. And plus, when we do reach out to people, Here's where they're currently working. Here's the schools that they're going, mm -hmm. going to. Here's the skill set that they have. Here's their average market value, you know, of how much it's actually going to cost. So we want to give them, and, and we put it in a really nice, I call it a recruiting data insight report. Mm -hmm. And so basically we give this to them every single week and we want to walk them through the process. So that way they know exactly what it takes to hire that right individual. Okay. Wow. So just to, to make that a little simpler for my, my dumb brain here, <laughs> but basically companies will reach out to you guys or just third-party agencies in general and be like, hey, we're looking to hire blank, a data analyst. And typically that agency will go out and you know, do a bunch of touch points, but those touch points aren't necessarily reported on. It's more like, here's a stack of resumes. And what you guys are doing exactly. is, is like actually providing some context for all of those, all yeah, of those resumes. resumes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We just want to show them exactly what it takes, uh, what the hiring process looks like, what us as recruiters actually do. So that way we can better inform them the next time they need to make a hire. So that way they don't go into it like thinking, oh, I'm going to have the best person tomorrow, right? It's a journey. It's a project. We're all used to working, you know, project-based. So let's set up a timeline. Let's show them exactly what goes into hiring the best candidate for so an example, I used to work for Progressive Leasing. I'm an internal data scientist recruiter. They have people, BI analysts, that are capturing all of that data and reviewing all that data anyway, to the head of HR, to the head of talent acquisition, to the head of the company. So they, they have access to that data if they want to pull it. But what happens is when the, as soon as they hire an agency, they lose the data. They don't see any data until that person goes into their applicant tracking system. So when you're using an agency, that's late in the process. So all that data that they could capture internally gets lost the minute they outsource that process. We want that. We want to actually provide more data than they would have internally. We ask questions of data that they might not ask. Like, like Bobby said, you know, here we sent you, you know, we sourced 100 candidates. We did 20 interviews. We sent you the top five. Here's, here's things about that you don't know. What, what are the most, the highest percentage schools they went to? What companies are they, are they working for? What, 
What's the average salary out there? You know, all of that information is critical information to making future hiring decisions and understanding that process, especially when it comes to comp, because comp in this market is so volatile. And, and the best market data is the last hire. Yeah, yeah. So why not give them that data on their last hire? Okay, cool. One thing I was thinking about is like Progressive Leasing knows about the people that they have hired, but I'm guessing you guys also probably have insights from, you know, one of, not one of their competitors, but just like market data as well. That and we know who their competitors are. Yeah. So we're, that's another thing, data point that Bobby's providing to them is telling them in this market, you know, obviously if I'm recruiting a data scientist in, in here in Utah, Silicon Slopes and in Denver, different competitors, yeah. right? Different market, different competitors. So to get Bobby's report and you're seeing it weekly, you're seeing it live as we, as we do it, they, they could even see who their competitors are in that market in ways that they, they only know their competitors in terms of product, right? Yeah. But now they can see it in terms of hiring. Yeah, and also to, to add on to that, which you kind of uh, alluded to, was a lot of these companies look at their competitors you know, from a product standpoint, right? They know who that is, but they don't necessarily know who their product, who their competitors are from a like a tech stack. Standpoint. Oh yeah, Field a tech standpoint. Right? Yeah. So this company standpoint. might be using Tableau. This company's using Power BI. Yeah, right? yeah. But and if that's what you're looking for, you, they need to have this. We'll look at those companies that are all also using that. Yeah. We can provide that to you. So instead of just like throwing it out there saying like, hey, let's hope we find someone. Let's hope we get someone. The post and pray methodology. Yeah. It's like, no, let's actually just go out and get that person. And by the way, they're right down the street because this company is actually using that. They might not be similar products. Yeah. Right. One might be in the security space. One might be in the, you know, a CPG company or something like that. But their data team is actually using the exact same product. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what your product service offering is. Data visualization is data visualization, yeah. Yeah. right? And the tools you use to create that are, are the same tools, regardless of the, of the product and service offering at the company. Okay. I like that. That is really interesting to think about. And I love the data-driven aspect. I think that's so cool. Let's talk about, so you guys are helping these companies hire. Do you guys have like a specialty? Do you focus on like data analytics and data science or is it just any tag any or anything? I just I just finished recruiting for a, a product engineer for a manufacturing company that manufactures the little machines that in a gym raises up the the basketball standard and holds oh, wow. it there. And so we're looking for materials engineer, mechanical engineers oh, that can do rapid prototyping. And, and I'm doing that while I'm recruiting for a senior front end engineer. So we run the gamut. We'll, we'll recruit for anything, anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and recruiting, to simplify it, yes, recruiting is recruiting. However, it's how you go about it, the skill sets that you're actually looking for and to find that right person, right? So we've done data analysts, data engineers, data scientists. We, we've done it all, but it's also about how you go about filling that role. You know, that's probably the specialty. That process. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. That's really cool. Let's say I have, so I run a data analytics bootcamp. So I have a lot of students that are looking for data jobs and they want to attract people like you. Well, I guess I should, before I should get there, when you guys, I know you said you do all these different industries, all different positions. A myth I've heard, or I don't know if it's a myth, tell me if it's a myth or not, is that third-party recruiters aren't really interested in junior roles. Is that true? Do you guys focus on? Again, we'll hire, you know, whatever. So right now we're recruiting for a junior engineer in St. Louis. 
depending on the field, it's just as hard for companies to recruit a junior person as it is a senior person in, in many cases. So the difference is they don't use agencies as much for junior roles. You know why? Because they're hitting campuses, right? They're grabbing people that are just um, getting ready to graduate. They've done projects. They do, they've done a couple of internships. They have other tools that they go after. But at the end of the day, if they're not getting those people or finding it, or it's expensive. Yeah, yeah. You send three people all day to a career fair. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's an expensive proposition. And the other thing is, you see that evolution in LinkedIn. You see more and more junior people who are setting up their LinkedIn profile while they're still in school. So they're also easier to ca to capture. And I would, I would say also to add to that, it really depends on the company. If you have a large organization that has a talent acquisition department, yeah, they're not going to utilize our services to fill a junior role. But if you have a smaller organization that maybe their HR department is a team of one, or maybe they don't even have HR, maybe they outsource HR, and yeah, they're going to need somebody to be able to attract talent and get them the right person. Okay. Despite, even if it's juniors. Despite, yeah, despite the role. I mean, because there's still positions to fill, right? Yeah. You have to fill them somehow. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, you can, Same. you know, post a position and have the hired manager do it all, but sometimes they don't necessarily know everything that goes into it in order to be able to hire someone. Yeah. <laughs> or they're too busy working on their own projects, right? And so they do need someone to uh, outsource them too. Okay. So let's say, let's say you guys are working with a company in, I don't know, Ohio, and they're hiring a, let's say a junior to mid-level data analyst. Maybe it requires like two years of, zero to two years of experience, perhaps. I have like literally hundreds of students that would, that would bite at the opportunity to get on your guys' radar. What's the best way for people who are career changers, you know, looking for new jobs to attract people like you? Yeah. No, great question. Shout out to Ohio. <laughs> I just randomly chose it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, honestly, I think there's a lot of things that you can do prior to even having a conversation with the recruiter. There's a lot of things that you can do on your own when you are making that change. Let's say they've gone through your program, right? And they're ready to jump in the workforce, right? A lot of things that you can do before even sending an application out, okay? Two things, LinkedIn and your resume, right? LinkedIn is king right now. And your LinkedIn has to be optimized in order for you to even truthfully pop up on our radar. Because recruiters, we live on, on LinkedIn, right? We can source on Indeed, Monster, but LinkedIn is really king. That's where we're going to go first. So if your LinkedIn is optimized with, you know, the right, yeah, the right keywords, the right skill sets, and if you truthfully don't even know what those are, like what a great LinkedIn profile even looks like, find someone in a company that you want to work with that, is a data analyst, right? Everyone started somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to do your research. You have to do your homework. Look at those people. Like, who do you want to be like, right? What role do you want to have in the future? And then look and see like what their LinkedIn profile looks like. Find what those uh, skill sets are. Find what they detailed in their jobs, right? Put all of that information on there because the more information you have on your LinkedIn, the more likely you are to pop up on, on our radar. Another thing they can do, and I know this because I have people every day doing this, you know, we we don't just post a job out in the job posting or LinkedIn. We'll put a posting up that says, hey, you know, I'm looking for a structural engineer in the St. Louis area. They need heat recovery experience. Those posts, we're not the only people that are doing this. It, recruiters are doing those posts like that because they're reaching out right to their network. 
if you're looking for a job and you're new, you should be on LinkedIn every day. And when you see me post something like that, then guess what? You should send me an invitation to connect and you should send a message that says, hey, I just finished my training. I, I have a year of experience. I'm really looking for a data analyst role. Um, do you have anything? If I don't have anything, the first thing I'm going to do is say, send me your resume. I don't have something right now, but I will keep your resume for the next time I have an opening. And then once you've done that connection, now you can go out and see the connections, uh, where, who, what companies I'm working with. I mean, you can research that. You're a data guy, you know, go, go use the data in LinkedIn. Go see what companies I'm working with. Go see who else in data I'm connected to. But just reaching out, you know, to when you see a recruiter do a posting, reach out. And a lot of people reach out to me and they include their resume in that connection me message for me. So I, I can look at, at it. I have people that send me that and they'll say, you just look at my resume and tell me what you think. What could I do better? I, I love that opportunity. You do. Yeah, I absolutely. I'll sit down and say, okay, here, you got to bring your tech stack skills up to the top. You have to tell me in, in the next part of your resume, how have you used those skills? Yeah. Then you can tell me your experience. I, what I want to know is your, your knowledge and how you're applying the tools that you know how to work with. Yeah, and, and to add to that, I mean, we do offer a service for resume review, resume optimization, as well as LinkedIn optimization. Yeah. So we don't want just people wandering out there in the dark, hoping that you can land something. You know, we want to actually give you the tools in order to do that. And truthfully, you know, there's two things, and I know you, you mentioned this on previous podcasts, but. It's two things that will really make you stand out. It's, it's who you know and what you know, right? Who you know as far as your connections go. So I'll give you a little tip like for your listeners, right? If I just came out of your program, you have a really big following. You have, you have a large following on LinkedIn. I'm going to see who your connections are. Yes, exactly. And I'm going to connect with all of those people. I'm going to look at their journey because by now they've moved up in, in their company. Yeah. And I guarantee if I reached out to them and said, Hey, you know, I just finished you know, yeah. this program. How can I get in with your company? Or what advice could you give me to be able to, you know, start as a junior analyst or whatever it might be, right? Connect within the connections. That's how you're going to be able to increase your network, increase your awareness. Yes. First off, I love both those things you just said. I love that you're, you're open to DMs because sometimes I get students who say, yeah, I never hear back from the recruiter. So it's good that you're, you're nice and helpful. And I think that's a great question. So and th I think that's another thing that sets us apart yeah. in what we do. We know, of course, you know, we want to be the partner of our client. We don't want to fill one position. We want to fill all their positions. But we also want a partnership with the candidates because candidates aren't stagnant. They, do, they don't just get a job and stay there the rest of mm -hmm. their lives, right? Sooner or later, they're, they're going to be looking. I want to be the first person they contact and say, hey, you know, my, my company just had a bunch of layoffs. I'm, you know, what, do you, what have you got out there? Or, hey, you know, I'm making a change. You know, what do you got? I want to be the first person that candidate calls, just like I want to be the first person the client calls. And to do that, I have to form a partnership with the candidate. I'm not going to ghost them. I'm always going to respond to any message they send me. My goal is to respond to any message, whether it's a DM or an email, whatever it is. My goal is to respond to a candidate message within 48 hours. Because again, I want that candidate working with me sure. the rest of their career. Yeah. I want to be the person they go to. But, and it, that's what, and like I said, that's another thing I think we do differently. Yeah. And I, I just want to give a shout out to all the recruiters out there because I think 
in this day and age, you know, recruiters really get a bad rap. You know, yeah, they yeah. think hey, yeah. it's the recruiter's fault that you know I'm being ghosted <laughs> or like what happened here, you know, and, and or like they're a necessary evil. Like, no, recruiters are, are very busy, especially if you're an internal yes. recruiter. Yeah, oh let's gosh. say you apply, right? So in a previous podcast that you had, Megan McGuire was your yeah. guest, and she said that she, you know, reviewed about 266 applications yeah. by herself, yes. right? I mean, kudos to her. That's amazing. Even as a recruiter, that would be hard to do, yeah. right? Because I think you did some math on it, and it was like three full days of just like, yeah. Yeah. just reviewing resumes. Imagine a recruiter that has like, you know, 10 positions that they're working on. She was just working on the one. Yeah. Imagine you're working on 10 positions or even yeah, more to even review all of those resumes, let alone respond to every single one of those and say, sorry, you didn't get it. Yeah. There are some applicant tracking systems that could do that, but also, you know, it, you might not even just have time to be able to even click reject, right? You might already have people in the process. You might already have, you know, referrals that are already going through, going through the uh, interview stage. Right. So sometimes when you apply for a position and don't hear something, that doesn't mean like you're being ghosted on purpose. No. It could just mean, hey, you're just being, you know, lost in the shuffle and things yeah. are moving on, unfortunately, without you. So can never take anything personal when right. you're looking for a job, truthfully. Even after even if you want to. Yeah. It feels like, wow, they're coming after me because they didn't tell me anything. Yeah. yeah. Even after an interview. Yeah. Even if you had a you had a phone screen, like unfortunately, life happens yeah. and people get busy, things get busy, and right. you know, you're Recruiter still moving forward. Hiring manager still moving forward. And yeah, I wish I could have told that person, hey, giving them all the feedback. I'm sorry, you know, or they should. It, once you get that interview, once you've had that phone screen, yeah. absolutely, the recruiter should have said something to you. But they uh, don't that's kind of common courtesy and, and part of the uh, part of the rules of engagement. But if they didn't, you know, it, you can't take it personally. You can't be like, I can't believe they never did that because they could have just got busy. But again. I think another thing that sets us apart is is that partnership with our candidates. So every day I, I, I have several candidates that will say, hey, you know, I interviewed with this client, you know, your client last week. I haven't heard anything back. I'm happy to know that because once once I've sent them the client, the client will tell me I'm going to interview him, but I don't always have transparency into the rest of the process. I like it when somebody comes back and says, hey, I never heard anything. I'm always, I'm going to respond immediately and say, hey, let me check that out. And I'm going to go back and say, hey, what's the status on this candidate? So we do calls every week with our clients and, and we have a list of all the people we've submitted and we're asking the question, what happened with this person? I know you interviewed this person Wednesday. What happened with that? You know, and and most of the time when we know when the, the interviews are, because we're helping set those up, we're contacting them the next day. How did the interview go? What did you think? You know, because we want to, we don't want to ghost our candidates. We want to get back to them and say, hey, this, you know, this is what's going on. You know, whatever the news is, good or bad. I think people just want to know, yeah. right? They just, they, they want an answer so they can go on. And I want to go back to something that we mentioned before, Katie, you kind of brought this up. Avery, you mentioned this as well, but when you are working on a problem, right? You're, you're working, you know, let's say you have a project that you're working on in your portfolio and you're trying to get the answers. Like, what do you do to try and find the answers? You have to ask the questions, mm -hmm. right? You, that's the whole basis behind this is like, ask the right questions. Ask someone the question, right? Don't just sit back and be like, why doesn't anybody like me? Why are they not hiring? <laughs> like, no, don't ask them. Don't be afraid to reach out. Okay, well, you have your LinkedIn optimized, right? You have your resume that's been rewritten. You've worked with somebody on that, right? And it's looking great. 
Now reach out to somebody, ask them the question of, Hey, I'm interested in this position. What do you think about me for this? Like, do I, do I meet the criteria? Like what else can I do truthfully to, to stand out for this role? Because I really want it. And it was brought up on previous podcasts as well as, as far as your passion, right? It's very hard to show passion in a resume. The only way that you can truthfully show passion is yeah. by expressing it. Mm-hmm. And you can't express it unless you say something, yeah, unless yeah. you show it, right? Yeah. So if someone was to reach out to us and say, hey, I really want to work at this company. Yeah. You know? I really want to work with Avery you know, on his podcast. I really want to help him. How can I go about doing that? I've been listening forever. Like, I, this is what I want to do. And even if they didn't have all the experience, all the skill set, but they show that drive, that enthusiasm, they're going to get a shot. So yeah, it, they have to be able to show that. Yeah. And a lot of times I share that information with my hiring manager. So if I haven't heard back, I'll, I'll reach out to the hiring manager and say, hey, you know, what did, what did you think about John Jones? You know, how does the interview go? I just want you to know he is so interested in this position. I hear from him almost every day. You know, this guy, is, he, he's done his research. He asks good questions about your company. I know that he's really interested because I hear all the time. And, and most of our clients, they like knowing that, you know, they, they want to know that the candidates we're sending aren't just sitting there, click, 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 applying on LinkedIn, that they've looked at the company website. They know what the company does. They're bought in to the mission. I mean, again, that's that passion that it's a good way to show that passion to a hiring manager. When people are reaching out to you and like trying to show this passion and doing, you know, maybe, maybe you guys forgot to reply and they're following up. Are they ever annoying? Are the candidates ever annoying? Or at what point do they become annoying? Every now and then I get a candidate and it's more often as an internal recruiter. I mean, I used to literally have candidates show up at the front door of Progressive Leasing as an example. That's a little extreme to show up to the actual business. This kitty here, she she didn't answer my message yesterday. Okay, that's a little, oh, yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, but that, I I would say that's less than one in a hundred. Most of the time it's good questions and it's, you know, it's kind of a heads up for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't hear back from the hiring manager. Let me get on that. It's not, it isn't really annoying to me. I would say the, the biggest annoyment that I've seen is when candidates reach out to recruiters and say, what do you got for me? You know? And so it's almost like, you need to serve me. Yeah. Like, what do you have? Yeah. Like, Go for it. Do, do you have anything for me? And I'm like, I mean, I, I, cause you know, we have our clients and they're looking for something specific yeah. and it might not, if, if we had something for you, absolutely. We'd reach out to you, yeah. but like, just to think like, yeah, we're, you know, you reached out like, oh, we actually have something right here. Like that really happens, right? But instead of saying like, what what do you have for me? If you said like, hey, just want to let you know I'm still interested. Do you have anything coming down the pipe? Like, what can I do to stand right. out? What what companies are you working with? Have you heard of any data analyst positions? Like what's happening in the market? Asking like those more of like yeah, probing questions or just you know, starting the conversation as opposed to saying like, how can I serve you? That's where you can change annoying to actually being like proactive exactly. and genuine and, you know, educational, I guess. That's great to know because I think a lot of people are scared of you guys. They're like, I don't want to annoy them. You know, a lot of times I think people get ghosted. And I'm like, I don't think you got ghosted. I think they forgot to send you one message and they're buried behind 40 other. Cause I'm, my inbox is the same way. I mean, I'm going to be honest, I do ghost people because I just, the sure messages I get, I can't go through them. But a lot of the times, especially like from people that I actually like need to reply to, it's not that I'm ghosting you. It's just that I opened it while I was at the mall 
with my right. wife bored and I couldn't reply then. And then I got home two hours later and I'm watching a movie and then it's the weekend and then it's Monday and you're 40 messages below the top right. of my inbox. And it's like, if you just, you just send it. And it's not bolded anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's no, yeah, I guess there is an unread button on LinkedIn, but it's hard to get to on your phone. Yes, it is. It's hard to get to on your phone. And, and I'm, if I open up an email and I don't respond to it in the moment, I either have to delete it or it goes unread. Otherwise, I don't respond. And so I think a lot of the time people are scared to follow up. And I'm like, you're not even really following up. You're just sending them a friendly reminder. Absolutely. And if they ignore it, two of your reminders after that, okay, then maybe something's going, yeah, going on. on. But at least give them a chance to, yeah, exactly. to follow back up because you're not as annoying as you think. No. And sometimes it's a good heads up for me. Yeah. Because I get that and I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't hear back from the hiring manager. Yeah. You know, let me reach out to him. So it's, they're really good reminders for me as well. Yeah. That's good to know. I, I think that's like really impactful because a lot of people are, are scared of that. I think what you guys talked about, I resonate a lot with the idea of, you know, as a recruiter, I'm not only posting the job on LinkedIn, but I'm making a LinkedIn post saying, hey, I'm hiring for these roles. And like, instead of competing with 500 people that might be applying with easy apply on LinkedIn, I have, I know for a fact, if I send you a connection request and I add a note, okay, I don't know for a fact, I'm 90% sure you're at least going to see my note. You are. Yeah. Because I'm getting that report from LinkedIn, right? Yeah. You know, 40 people have read your your post. Three people have commented. I want to go look at the comment. Yeah. You know, I want to see what, what they said. So just as an example, when I went to work for Bobby, Bobby put it in a post. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. on LinkedIn all the time. I see the post. He has a link to the uh, yeah, yeah. little podcast. I go look at, look at his podcast. And the whole time I'm thinking, I love this. He didn't just post a job yeah, yeah. where 3,000 people were going to see it yeah, and apply yeah. without thinking. He made sure that somebody took the time and had the actual interest actually in his position to go do this. So I also sent him flowers. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can say no. But no, I mean, truthfully, it was, what are you going to do to stand out? Because that was the challenge of, that, especially the challenge today's, of the podcast. today's market is, yeah, you apply for a position. Well, so did 300 other people, yeah, right? Yeah. So what are you actually going to do to stand out from those 300 people, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, a few tips and tricks, like, yeah, connect with people at that company. Who do you already know? Right. Who do your friends already know at that company, right? Send messages to internal recruiters there, right? Okay. Connect with them. They'll give you all the insight. Recruiters love to talk, yep, right? Yep. So let them talk, right? <laughs> I, I love that. But you're giving them the opportunity. Like you just said, you're giving them the opportunity to talk. Like your, your example, this is something I have a lesson in the boot camp about, where it's like, okay, I have 100,000 followers on LinkedIn. I don't know all of them, but they at least know me because they hit the follow. Right. Button, right? Yep. And there's a cool feature on LinkedIn where like you can search for people that follow a certain person. Absolutely. And, you can, and you can, then you can say that work at this company. It's like, you can get like, a, if you want to work at Google, for example, you know, and if you're just, if you're not in my bootcamp, I'm, I'm probably not going to recommend you unless you have a really good reason. But for instance, if you're in my bootcamp, like I'm going to recommend you. And so if you want to work for Google, you go to LinkedIn, you filter people who follow me, you go to people who work at Google, you have like a curated list Absolutely. of people to reach out to. Maybe not all of them are in HR, but you know, that's, that's maybe more difficult to do and less satisfying to do than just hitting apply, 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 apply. Because you feel like you're making progress if you just hit apply. I applied to 400 jobs. That kind of feels good, but I'm not sure it actually gets you that far. So as a recruiter, we were, we were talking about this the other day. 
I, every day there's postings on LinkedIn. I've been out of work for 11 months. I've applied to 355 jobs. I've had 11 interviews. So the first thing I think of is the most critical thing to do on your resume is every application has to have a different resume. In some aspect, the resume must target the job you're applying for. Because every, every position's a little different, right? So you're a React, you're a React developer. My position might be React JS. Tomorrow it might be React Native. If you're not customizing that resume to highlight what I'm asking for, you're going to get rejected somewhere along the line. So when I see 355 resumes and they've been out, out of work for two months, I'm asking myself, how much time did you spend targeting the resume to that position? Because I don't believe you did. Yeah, yeah. I think you clicked, you went through every day on LinkedIn and you clicked all the easy apply first because then it just takes, grabs your LinkedIn resume, right? You don't have to do an application. You don't have to do more. And then you, then the next one you do, you go in and, and apply, but you're just clicking on your saved resume and your laptop, right? And doing it. You're not, doing it different. You know, when I look for, when I look for jobs, I, I, I actually have the resume and, and at the end of the resume, it'll say, you know, Google, you know, TA lead. It, it'll tell me which, who I the company I, and the position that I use that resume for. Mm-hmm. Um, but my experience is, you know, people don't realize when you're out of work, your job is to find a job. And that means you put all of this in. It's not just click, click, click. Okay, I'm going to go to the park with the kids. No, it, honest effort mm-hmm. in, in targeting that resume to that position every single time. And with AI screening on ATS systems, you have to do that because they're screening on keywords that are in a job posting created in the ATS system. And so if you're not giving that back, you're going to get rejected, even though you might have that experience because you didn't do it. So like we have a client right now, they want Angular experience has to be Angular 4 or greater. If you're not, if you're just putting Angular, I'm not going to pay attention to you. Mm-hmm. I want to know what version of Angular you have most recently used. So, and that, that's how, how the AI is looking. It's grabbing words, whereas it used to be a recruiter would look for sentences against minimum qualifications. Now it's just words, 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 words. So you got to make sure your words are correct with every single resume. Yeah. Okay. That's impactful. So it, it, there's a lot of time spent on, like, if you look at the, the job application process, the job hunt process, a lot of people are spending a lot of time at the tail end of like the actual application. I think what you guys are kind of advocating for is let's spend more time on the front end, exactly. finding right. the right people to reach out to, making the right resume, finding the-, the Optimizing right the LinkedIn yeah. profile. I mean, truthfully, I would rather make, so in, in one day, I would rather make 20 connections and tailor my resume five times and, and like truthfully get in front of five, potentially five hiring managers without applying to one job, as opposed to applying to a hundred different jobs and just sending my re- same resume. Just send them out in the universe. Jobs. Cause you're just going to be one of 300. Yeah. yeah. Where like, if you really want to get the job, like stand out, get in front of the hiring manager. Yeah. yeah. Be first in line. You know, you should always be answering the question. Why am I the, the best hire you're going to make for this position? But the secondary question is 
why are you going to regret not hiring me in six months? So you really have to answer both those questions. You should be answering them on your, your LinkedIn profile. Link, you should be answering them in your resume. But more importantly, you should be answering those questions in the messages and connections that you're sending out in LinkedIn. That's really impactful. For some reason, that feels almost counterintuitive because it's like you think, you think yeah. the more jobs I apply for, the higher chance I have of landing a job. No, but it's not the case. And it's just to make it once again, to dumb it down for my brain. It's like, I've been trying to lose weight recently and I've been working out like crazy, you know, you know? working out like crazy and not getting that great of results. And then like two months ago, I was like, okay, I'm only eating fruit, vegetables and meat. And all of a sudden I'm losing weight. Right. And it's like, well, that's not fun. And it feels like the, like for instance, I work out like two hours a day and it feels like I'm making progress or I should be making progress. And I kind of enjoy the process. I don't know if anyone really enjoys applying, but it, it feels productive. Yeah, I think right. it's really easy. It feels like you're doing something. Yeah, you get to 350 jobs. You're like, oh, I made progress. But it's like, if I didn't apply to any, I didn't make progress. But really, that's the progress that actually is long lasting. Right. And you can see that process doesn't work. Because every day, there's multiple people posting that tell that exact same story. I applied for 200 jobs. I applied for 300 jobs. I, you know, when you look at them, I swear, I'd love to just do a collection and wallpaper a wall with them all because they, they are almost identical. And the thing is, it doesn't matter which jobs they're applying for. They're still identical. There's nothing they're doing to stand out. You know, don't tell me you applied for 300 jobs. Tell me how many times you customized your resume. That's more important to me. It, it takes a little time. But like I said, if, if you're out of work, your job's looking for a job. Yeah. That's your job. And that's how you should think about it. You should be working eight hours a day to find that next job. And it's not just like Bobby's, Bobby always says for the clients, post and pray. It's not apply and pray. It's, it's really working to, st to stand out. You know, in the old days... I'll date myself, you know, all my resumes came in the mail. And one of the things I would coach my friends and family is print your resume on, on a, a ivory color paper. Because oh, yeah. when they see a stack, that ivory color yeah, one yeah. is going to stand out, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're going to pull it. It's just human nature to, pu to pull that one. Well, you have to do the electronic version of that. There has to be something that makes you stand out. Yep. Something. And and what would be the electronic version? That would be having uh, a good LinkedIn. That would be having like a portfolio. That'd be a cold message or what? So, you know, it's difficult. If I'm a front-end software developer, it's difficult to have a portfolio because most of the stuff I work on is can't be disclosed because of trade secrets, right? My portfolio is, again, on the resume. You, you have your contact info and then you have you have your tech stack, all, you know, all the things, and you need to break it down for me. Here's my languages. Here's my framework. Here's whatever. But then the next part of that is I recently converted our entire platform to AWS, and I did that using React Native to do this. I use this to do that. That's your portfolio telling me every all of those applications and tools you've used and telling me how you use them. You don't have to tell me what company. Just tell me how you use them and then tell me your experience. So that's that's another version of a portfolio, right? But it's critical. I, I need to see how you use the, the skills and education and training you've received. I, I need to see how you use that every single day. What about for career changers who may be like, for instance, in my case, I help a lot of teachers become data analysts and they've never like teachers. Okay. First off, teachers are underrated for all of the skills that they do have. Absolutely. But let's, let's, let's put that aside. I love you teachers. But like 
like for instance, a teacher probably hasn't used Tableau or like SQL in the classroom. Like in those situations, what can these transitioning teachers do on their resume to try to show off their skills? I think, I mean, you kind of hit on a few things. Like I know in your program, you're big on portfolios, right? Yeah. But you need to get to that point where someone's actually going to look at the portfolio yeah, yeah. to see like, oh, they actually know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. They actually know Tableau or like they've done this project, right? I think prior to that, in order, you just need a shot, right? You need someone to give you a shot. I always tell my clients, like, when you're looking to hire somebody, you need to think about it as like, first, look at friends and family. Anytime you're hiring somebody, yeah. you always look at friends and family, right? right? Especially you, in Utah. You need somebody <laughs> to mow your lawn yeah, or, yeah. you know, whatever, like a plumber, yeah, right? Yeah. You're always going to go to someone you know, a friend or family, like, so so. right? You're always going to start there. So if I'm just coming out of the program and I'm looking for a position, it's someone to give me a shot. I was a teacher. I just need a shot, right? I need to figure out which company is going to give me a shot, which company even hires people like me. Because yeah, yeah. there are companies, they just want top tier schools. Yep, right? yep. And then there's those companies that hey, they'll take a shot on people at boot camps because yep, yep, they've yep. actually produced. So you need right. to find two things, companies that are going to give you a shot, but then also connect with those people that have come out of the boot camp that are big producers. Yeah, yeah. Follow their journey. Like, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. No. Follow that journey, you know? Yeah. Find those companies that are doing that. Companies will start with friends and families. And like, if you don't necessarily know what that means, like within a company standpoint, it's like referrals, yeah, right? Yeah. So they're always going to go to internally, like, hey, Avery, who do you know? Like, do you have a buddy? Or like, who do you know that's actually going to be pretty good or in this spot? I don't know anybody. Okay, now, does anybody else have any referrals? No. Okay, now we're going to extend it out to strangers. So it's always... Friends and family, and then the strangers, right? And so if you're a stranger coming from a boot camp, right? And you're looking at trying to get with this company and you don't know anybody there, you just need them to give you a shot. What are you going to do to stand out in order to get them to give you a shot? It's going to be, that's an uphill battle. You need to change from being a stranger to being a friend. And then that's when you become the family, right? Yeah, yeah. So how do you make connect? It's all about connections. We are in a people world, right? We might do data. But we got here because we're, we make connections. We're, right. we're connected. We're people, right? So make those connections, build those relationships, and that's how you get yourself in the door. Another thing on those changing career people, I don't think that a, a, a teacher wakes up one day and says, you know, I've been teaching fine art, you know, for 10 years. I want to do data. They've always been interested in data. Mm -hmm. They've been using data in their classroom. They've been using teaching people how, how, how to manage data, maybe in Excel. So the fact is they actually have more experience than is obvious. And that's what they need to highlight. So in that summary on your LinkedIn page, you know, as an educator for 10 years, I've been using data in Excel to look at these different things with my classroom for these kinds of reports. You know, I mean, you think about the kinds of reports teachers have to do anyway, you know, just just dealing with, say, matriculation stats. Yep, yep. You know, they, they've, they've always been using data. They've always had this interest in data so, somewhere. Not too long ago, I was, I was recruiting for um, a data scientist. And again, it was somebody that had been an adjunct professor um, teach, teaching math or some, I can't remember what it was, but anyway, he contacted me and said, you know, I'm changing careers. You know, I've done this. I went to these boot camps. I took these classes. I've got these certifications, you know, what, what should I do next? And one of the things I noticed in there that resonated with me was he had in his master's program was using SPSS to, for data for, for his projects. Right. Mm -hmm. 
I finished my undergrad degree at Chico State and I taught statistical programming for social science students using SPSS. So as soon as he said that, I knew, I knew exactly what he was doing. Old school technology maybe, but it told me he knows how to use data, you know, and, and, and I'm like, push that up, you know, push that way up in your resume that you've been analyzing data using SPSS, but for these purposes, for these projects. So I, I think people that are making, a, you know, career chains to being a Java engineer or a software developer or a data analyst, or, or they've always had an interest there somewhere, something, something did it. And that's what they need to be able to communicate. And going, I'll pick on AI all day. It can't pick up the human side of them. It just can't. And so figure out a way to push that out. Chat GPT is not going to put that at the front of your no, resume, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So you, you have you have to get past that. That's awesome. I love that. I hope everyone listening can, can really take that to heart. Like this idea of passion matters, the idea of you just need someone to take a chance on you. And so you need to, you know, copy other people's, not plagiarize, but like copy other people's journeys. Like what did they do? Right. What's on their LinkedIn that's not on your LinkedIn? You know, what companies did they go to work for? Because those are the companies that, you know, I should, I should look at, you know, slowing things down, really trying to get a foot in the door, making a human to human connection. Yes. Know, is really what, what you guys are talking about. And I'm imagining that's what Hire Fit's all about. Too. Exactly. Yeah, that's us. It's all about people. Hi, Bobby, Katie, where can people go to reach out about you guys or about Hire Fit? Where, where would you like people to go? Absolutely. So website, www.hire-fit.com. Also follow us on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm link uh, uh, on the podcast as well. But yeah, connect with us. Love to talk with anybody about your journey, give you tips and tricks on uh, how you can learn your next job. Also, if you're going to the Big Mountain Data and Development Conference, um, we'll be presenting there, again, looking at AI, ATS versus AI chat GPT resume. So we'll be doing a presentation there. So come and look us up, come to our session or just come by and say hi to us. Sweet. Awesome. We'll have the links to all of those down below in the description when this goes live. And I pray for you guys' inboxes. It was great. Great having you guys on. Thanks for being here. It's been great. Thank you. All right. How awesome was that episode? Huge, huge shout out to the HireFit team for coming on the podcast and answering our questions about what it's like to work with a third-party agency, recruiting agency. And we'll have all of HireFit's links in the show notes down below. That being said, if you guys need help in your data career journey, this is your place. I have my bootcamp, the Data Analytics Accelerator. You guys can check out the link or I have a webinar that kind of explains the, the bootcamp and also gives you a data career roadmap in the show notes down below. I also want to advertise we have a really fun workshop, hands-on workshop that's coming up. We'll have that link in the show notes down below. But basically, it's going to be a hands-on SQL workshop. It's going to be free or very cheap to join this. I'd love to have you guys there. It's going to be three one-hour sessions with me where I'll be teaching you guys some SQL skills. If that sounds interesting, look in the show notes down below. As always, thank you so much for listening to Data Career Podcast. Go listen to another episode. There's literally 80 of them. They're full of all sorts of information and they're all free to you guys. So go listen to another episode and I'll catch you guys in a future episode.